Welcome to Dr. Warwick's podcast channel. Warwick is a practicing cardiologist and author with a passion for improving care by helping patients understand their heart health through education. Warwick believes educated patients get the best health care. Discover and understand the latest approaches and technology in heart care and how this might apply to you or someone you love. Uh, G'day, it's Warwick Bishop here and today I've got the opportunity to record for a podcast and consultation with a patient who's agreed to be recorded and his wife will be in attendance. I've got Brad, who's the patient, and his wife, Joanne, or Joan. Joan. So we've got Brad and Joan. So thank you very much for agreeing to let me record this. So by way of background, Brad's a patient I've been looking after for a year or more. We've scanned his heart using cardiac CT imaging and demonstrated some plaque, and I've put him on lipid-lowering therapies. Now, Brad, tell me how the last couple of months have been for you. Uh, the last couple of months, I've been having very, very bad, uh, more nights than, than days, but uh, the nights have been um, hot, painful in my joints and my body, um, headaches, uh, a lot of uh, nasal congestion in the morning, uh, coughing during the day, particularly in the morning, um, and again, aching joints, uh, shoulder, uh, right foot, left knee, fingers, hands, wrists, so swelling. What, so with that as a background, what, what did you do in the last couple of months? I was beside myself, I, I, I didn't know what, what was going wrong with me and uh, I thought well, maybe it's an arthritis problem. Um, expecting because of my age that it possibly could be um, but because a lot of the the symptoms were, were occurring at night and I was taking um, my statin the pravastatin uh, just before going to bed I thought well maybe the pravastatin was the, the, the cause for a lot of what was happening at night and so I, I stopped it to see what would happen and I've found a diminishing of it, but not a um, complete reprieve of pain and, and symptoms. Over, uh, over what sort of time, Brad, would you say the symptoms improved? About a four or five days? Four or five days, I think. Yeah, yeah okay. he was definitely saying he got up and felt much, much better. <coughs> and you noticed that as well? Yeah, well, he was definitely saying he felt so much better in his muscles and didn't have that muscle pain that he had. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so just from... Just for my own um, awareness, you were on pravastatin, a maximal dose, and azetamide. Yeah, azetrol, whatever it's called. Azetrol. And Joan's just got an important call that she's attending. Um, Okay, so are you still on either of those agents? No, what happened was after that period of time, I still had a little bit of a symptom, but a lot of it had diminished, but I thought, hmm, I wonder if it could be the azetrol and not the pravastatin, so, or a combination of both. So uh, I decided, okay, we'll stop the uh, azetrol also. And I, 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 like a brilliant, brilliant, I feel so much better. Uh, clearer in my mind, uh, no more coughing, no nasal drip, no more aches and pains, or minimal, very minimal. Uh, I'm able to sleep better. I'm, uh, I haven't got the sweating like I had at night the swelling in my wrists and, and uh, joints. 
I just felt so much better. Okay. So, so the the difficulty, or the not the difficulty, this what we have to really negotiate around here is a couple of things. One is to try and be clear that it is the statins or the azotrol mm. or the combination of both causing it. Mm. Um, now, there's been a couple of recent studies. Don't know if I touched on these when I spoke with you before, but there's because there's some new agents on the market which work through a different mechanism altogether to the statins. They've done some studies to see if these new agents might be good for people who are intolerant to statins. And before they started the study, what they did was they took a whole heap of, heap of patients, about 4,000, who they not only swore blind they couldn't take statins, but their doctors swore blind they couldn't take statins. That's why they enrolled them into the study. Mm. So to try and clarify exactly what their status was, they took this group of people who were said to be intolerant to statins, they put them on a cholesterol-lowering agent, they put them on a statin in a double-blind, randomised mm. crossover way over a period of six months. Yep. Now, they did that to really try and get a feel for how intolerant these people were to the statins. So I'm going to ask you just a question, which is how many people do you reckon were taking the statins at the end of that six months without any side effects or side effects that were the equivalent of being on placebo? Remember, 100% of these people were sworn intolerant to statins, had side effects, couldn't take them. How many do you reckon at the end of that six months were taking the statins without side effects or with the same rate of side effect as a sugar tablet? I'd say probably half, taking into account the human John? nature. I was going to say maybe 80%. 70%. Mm. Right. 70% of those people were taking mm. the tablet that they swore they couldn't mm. take. Mm. And you've just given me a very uh, passionate description of how crook you felt on, yes. how well you felt after. So you would be one of those. Mm. Mm. So the significance of that study is, it, is this. It means that there's a lot of people who potentially blame the wrong thing. Mm. So this is really important to understand because the, mm. stands, the stands for the right people work. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so 70% of the time the stands may be being wronged, blamed wrongly. But it also means that about 30% of the time people are really getting side effects. Yeah. So we've got to take both sides of that bit of information. Mm. So our issue for you is very much trying to tease out whether it's the statin. And we know that in your own um, past, you were on pravastatin for 10 years without a problem. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a really good start. Mm -hmm. So the simple thing from where I'm sitting is oh, just... Um, Brad, go back on that. Yeah. Let's start with that. Without the Ezetrol and see if... Mm. Absolutely. So mm. if we work through this in a really systematic way, mm. we get clearer information. And the information is um, to try and ascertain, is it, you know, is it really the statin? Because mm. we are all getting a bit older. I went and had a bit of a surf on the weekend. If I was on a statin, I would have woken up this morning wanting to blame something other than mm. just getting a bit older. Mm. Uh, not saying that you were, but let's get clearer information around mm. it. The other thing is that's really important, and, and people miss this a little bit, I don't want to punish you with these medications. My objective for you is for you to live as well as possible for as long as possible. Mm. And it just so happens that we've demonstrated by imaging your arteries that you've got a plaque at the distal point of your left main coronary artery. And that plaque is really, really important because if that plaque closes down, 
suddenly, you will die. There is no question about that. Mm. And so our intensity to therapy, our desire to do something to modify that risk is a high intensity, which mm. means we, you and I, have to work really hard to find a solution, mm. the best solution for that. Yep. Okay. I should also say that I'm on the um, Cartier. Yeah, day. don't stop that. Yes, no, no, I've kept that going on. And the only other thing I did stop, which was only um, a low dosage, I, I had Lovan, which is obviously non-related, and I've been on that for 20 plus years. What's Lovan? Uh, anxiety, depression. Okay. All right, so um, we've covered risk and benefit. That's really important. We want to come back and try and really establish if it's clear whether the statin or the azetamibe or the combination is a problem. It is, I have to say, really uncommon for people to have problems with azetamibe because it's mainly stays in the gut. It really has its influence predominantly in the gut, mm. so it's not really majorly absorbed. Mm. doesn't mean you may not have had a side effect. It's pretty, it's relatively uncommon. But let's go back and re-explore that. The first thing is to get back on the pravastatin. Is there, a, sorry to interrupt, is there... Um, Brad said he normally took that in the evenings. So is, is there any? Can he take it in the mornings? Or yeah, I don't the, think it matters. But the right. pravastatin should be at night. Oh right, that's, the, yeah. the pravastatin should be at night because right. the pravastatin is one of the earlier iterations of the cholesterol lowering agents, which particularly uh, has a shorter half life. So that half life means you need to take it when the liver is going to be most active, and that's in the evening when you're. You're asleep, but your liver's metabolising busily. That was another thing, too, oh, yes. actually, just as a side, talking about the liver. Uh, my urine at night was uh, very, a few times towards the end, was very brown. Very dark. Yeah, and I, I thought, crikey, there's, there's something more to what's going on. Um, I don't have a good answer for that, mm. uh, except it may be related to dehydration, but we'll. It may reoccur if you restart the azetamibe and then we've got an answer. Mm. So let's let's work through that. I think that's really important. I think um, let's start with the pravastatin back on board. Let's do that. I'll get you back in a, maybe a month or so just with the pravastatin. And then we'll talk about reintroducing the azetamibe or the azetrol and see how you go with that. If we have issues with that, we've got other options which might be to try an alternate statin. So pravastatin might be tried to another statin. And we've got newer agents, which you probably haven't tried, called rosuvastatin, which tends to be better tolerated. If the azetamibe doesn't work, you ask quite reasonably, could we use alternate agents and things like nicotinic acid are possible? The other thing is that we now have available in Australia, though it's, a, a, it's available on a private script, which means you have to pay for it, but we now have the option of these new agents, which work through a different way, which is a PCSK9 inhibitor, which is a long way of saying it works through receptors that alter the LDL receptor. Now they're pretty costly, but depending on how, uh, what sort of response we get from your cholesterol lowering, you may not need the full dosage of those. You might be able to take a half or a quarter dosage, mm -hmm. and we might be able to find a solution that works for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think the really good thing is that as part of this process, even though you're having side effects, you engaged your GP and then came and saw me mm -hmm. soon to make sure that mm -hmm. you weren't untreated and that you weren't uh, not at least attending to those risks and not involved in the conversation to try and find a solution for them. No, I said that to Brad, you, you have to go and talk about it and you can't just stop. stop. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely, some do. So I'm glad you didn't. Um, we might, unless you've got any other comments, we might wrap it up there in terms yeah, of fine. recording and stuff. No, I think that's...
pretty well covered. There's always someone you miss, but you think of that after um, conversation finishes. We'll do it on the next podcast. Mm. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You have been listening to another podcast from Dr. Warwick. Visit his website at drwarwickbishop.com for the latest news on heart disease. If you love this podcast, feel free to leave us a review.